Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Dennis Gaiman of Gaiman Design Remodeling. Dennis brings over 30 years of experience in the construction industry. And when you meet him, you'll instantly feel welcome, respected, and understood. As GDR's president, Dennis's role requires him to wear many hats. As a remodeling consultant, he listens closely to his customers' needs, wants, and ideas to translate those through his design and construction experience into a project that will meet or exceed their expectations. While ultimately the buck stops with Dennis, he's grateful for the team members who do an excellent job in handling things so that projects can continue without needing to wait for him. Dennis devotes a significant portion of his life to giving back to the community as he served as a past board chair and is currently a building committee member for Spruce Lake Retreat and a board member for Greater Philly Joni and Friends. In 1986, Dennis and his wife Glenda became founding members of Covenant Community Fellowship. Now for my conversation with Dennis Gaiman. Hey, Dennis, welcome to the show. Thanks, Spencer. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Give everyone the lay of the land. Who are you? What's the company and where are you guys located? All right. I'm Dennis Gaiman. Our company is Gaiman Design Remodeling. We're in southeastern Pennsylvania, about 30 miles north of Philadelphia. And been in business since 1990, so this fall will be 33 years. And there's some things we're still trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a it's a journey that never stops, right? So, so how did the the company first start? When did that get going? I'm a carpenter by trade, and you know, as Michael Gerber in the E Myth talks about, I had an entrepreneurial itch, and I decided to scratch it, and uh, it stuck. That was a about a five year conversation with my wife. <laughs> uh, we had agreed when we got married that she would be a stay-at-home mom. And when I first started talking about it, we had just had our fourth child. And so she wasn't real excited about me quitting my day job. I can so imagine. <laughs> we we kind of continued that conversation. And then 1988 into 89, I built a new house for our family. That was evenings and Saturdays over about a seven-month period. That really got kind of opened the door because people who knew me saw what I had built and they started inquiring if I could do this or that for them. And uh, thankfully, we still had the four children, but now we had a brand new house mortgage. And and then I decided to quit my day job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure some of the people asking around gave you a little bit of confidence, but what what was it that, uh, you know, finally tipped your wife into saying, all right, let's, let's go for it? The company that I was working for, I had grown into a a supervisor role. And so I had access to to see what the backlog of work, you know, on the books. And 
there was a couple times when like we didn't know what we were doing next week. You know, and uh, I'm like, man, I had more work than that lined up. And <laughs> I landed a contract to do a, a fit out for a new restaurant. It was in a strip shopping center. And uh, so that and I had a three month time frame to, to get it done. Uh, so I had an employee from day one needed needed to do that and certainly use some subcontractors there in the beginning to to make that happen. But that that's what. Uh, gave me the confidence. And, and all along the way, I'd been talking to other people, friends in business, many of them not in construction or remodeling, but, you know, uh, good business people and, and got uh, some of the, their input and talked about it, prayed about it and said, you know, I, I will always have the carpentry skills and I'd like to try it. If it doesn't work, I'm confident I could get a job with someone else again. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. So I'm curious, what were those first couple of years like? I I know it's like drinking from a fire hose. There's like everything's new. So I'm I'm curious. Yeah. So I was probably working 45, 50 hours a week doing the carpentry work. And then, uh, you know, with four young children that would try to be always be home. Dinner was at six and I made sure that I was there. And, you know, till they were in bed was available to spend time with them. And then from maybe nine to 11 or 12, I was, uh, you know, doing estimates and once some, I would limit myself to two evenings a week where I could go meet with homeowners mm-hmm. uh, at that point. I try to do some during the day. I never took a cut in pay over a year, you know, so my annual salary, but the hourly rate that I was working for went way down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, working so many more hours. I enjoy reading and somewhere along the way, I found a copy of a remodeling magazine and got a subscription to that. And that that was a big help. And then Journal Light Construction and Fine Home Building, I think, were two others. that. And I have subscriptions to all of them today yet. And I don't devour them maybe as much as what I used to, but I I do enjoy reading. and, And that was a big help. And then I Per a local lumber yard uh, in our area that unfortunately went out of business, but they were like the forerunner of Home Depot and Lowe's. It, it was mm-hmm. just one super center that that had everything. And they posted a sign at the contractor's counter. They were going to have a meeting coming up about some kind of a, a remodelers association. And so I went to that and it was Mary, who I had never heard of. So our local Bucksmont, Bucks and Montgomery County, where we're at, the chapter formed in 1992. That made a big difference, taking the, the certified remodeler course with a group of guys. I don't know. There was at least a dozen of us that, that took it. And the, the trade skills, I knew those pretty well, but I didn't know the business skills. And, and that a good bit of that uh, study course and then the test focuses on on the on the business skills understanding a pnl and a balance sheet and uh, setting budgets and kind of the human resource side of, of things so I, i'm very thankful for that 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 made a difference and then through that i learned about the very first remodeler show that was going to be in pittsburgh and so Glenda and I went to that. One of our mothers watched the kids and, and we drove five and a half hours west in our Plymouth Reliance station wagon. And we divvied it up and, and went to different workshops, seminars, and took notes and 
decided, I don't remember what we spent. It felt like big dollars to, to buy the, all the recordings on cassette tapes so we could <laughs> listen to them later. And, and we did. I think that's where I learned about it's probably a good idea to have a business plan and a marketing plan. We, we didn't do, have any of that when we started. So we, we wrote a business plan and a marketing plan. And so that would have been in the fall of 1992. And then, so start off that next year, we, we had a, a plan and a budget. And uh, I had two employees at that point, and they were good guys. I knew they could do the trades. And so we sat down and talked and let them know that I was going to be stepping back from working with the tools, wanted to focus on sales and to see if we could grow. And that we did that. And then that's by August of that year, we had six employees and I was no longer working with the tools. So it's been a long time since I worked as a carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you definitely dove down the education path pretty early and were able to yeah. put it to action because I think that's the next piece. You can't just, you know, consume a bunch of material and go, oh, that's nice. So, yeah. So I guess I'm curious that, you know, then built up, you had six employees. Like, what kinds of projects were you guys doing at the time? Was it, you know, all residential or was it just all over the board? All over the board. Yeah, each of the first four years, we built new one new custom house from the ground up. Most of our work was remodeling, predominantly exterior roofing, siding, windows, capping, that kind of thing. I did land a building a new office warehouse building for a local business here. That was a big boost because that was a high visibility, both with our sign out front and and. It's Richter drafting an office supply. So a lot of people with our industry are going there to, you know, get prints made and uh, that kind of stuff. And we still certainly work with them today. But uh, that that opened the, the opened a lot of doors. And the new housing, while we enjoyed that, we took a look at it. And numbers-wise, we didn't make as much. So we decided to say no thanks to, to new construction. And that was maybe a little ego hard to swallow initially and we're going to say no it could be a big beautiful house but you know financially it was the, the right decision for, for us to do that yeah i don't know just think about my own journey you kind of start out maybe more broad and then you kind of you know work your way in as you realize like hey this is yeah. either where we're stronger or we deliver a better experience or it's just more profitable and so but sometimes it can be tough because you're like oh we're turning all this stuff away but you know abundance mindset there's always more more of what yeah. you do out there well, that's cool. What do you think? Maybe think about those like first five or seven years or so. Like, what really surprised you about business ownership and entrepreneurship versus like prior when you weren't? You know, anything standing out? Probably the biggest thing was that I could never turn it off. Yeah, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be on the clock and I wouldn't be working. But you know, initially the my office was in our house, and you know, so. And and our shop still is right next door to to where we lived. And it, I think and and my wife Glenda does our books, so you know, and she has done that all along. And we we set some pretty solid boundaries that at least we wouldn't talk about business at home at the dinner table. And I still think that was the right decision. Now you know our children are grown and all in their upper thirties, uh, actually into forty now. So uh, that, that made me feel old when I had a few. <laughs> and they said they almost wish we would have talked about it a little bit more. But mm -hmm. two sons and a son-in-law work with us here, here in the business. So they certainly have the exposure. 
And uh, you know, so that was the right decision. I, I wanted to set those boundaries. And I wish I wouldn't have worked quite as much when our children were that young. I, I'm better now at being able to, to set those boundaries. Uh, but our business is more established. And I guess I'm, I'm more comfortable that, okay, if I don't get this done tonight, I, it'll, it'll happen tomorrow. And you know, we, we, things won't fall apart. Uh, that took some, some time to do. So, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Well, you said you, now you got some family involved in the business. When did that transition happen? All of our kids worked through us kind of through high school, everything from cleaning the office to mowing the lawn to being a laborer. When our oldest son was entering high school, we decided to make a rule and we sat our kids down and, and left them know that we would have work for them as long as they were doing formal education whether that was through high school or if they went to college, whenever they stopped their formal education, they would have to go find full-time work somewhere else for at least a year. And I'm glad that, that we made that rule. It felt really good when three of them eventually said, all right, we've tried that. We'd really like to come work with you. Would, would that work? And That's cool. So we have two sons and two daughters. Uh, the one daughter's a nurse and we didn't really have a reason for a nurse within our business. Uh, <laughs> That's probably other, a good thing. <laughs> the other one's a CPA. So she did public accounting until she cool. had children and then transitioned. She was our CFO for, I'm not sure, five or six years probably. And she now has four boys and homeschools. And so she didn't have time to be doing accounting work. She's busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, but her husband is our marketing director. So he handles our website and social media. And so, you know, still, still in a sense involved in that way. And so I'm trying to think our oldest son, it's probably 20 years that he's worked for us full time now. Now we're we're at the other end of things. Uh, I am planning to retire the end of 2023. So not even, you know, less than a year and a half now. Yeah. How does that feel? It feels good. a lot of times I'm like, yeah, I enjoy this. I could keep on going. We were on vacation last week. So yesterday was coming back and seeing how things were. And there was a few situations where they felt they needed my input. And, and you know, by lunchtime, I told my wife, let's go back to the shore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, so we're working on that. I talked with the people who were here and part of our challenge with this was a, a week of vacation with our whole family, kids and grandchildren. So right away, there is five of us who are out of the office and the rest of the team that does a good job. And, you know, that probably that big family vacation hopefully will still continue. So even if I'm not working here, we need to just, how would you say, encourage and, and support other people and making some of those decisions and 95% of the time or better, they're going to make the right decision. And they know me well enough that if it wasn't the right decision, I'm not going to jump all over them. Yeah, we'll have a conversation. But as long as people are learning, that, that's all I can ask. Because yeah, I, I make mistakes uh, as well. And once in a while, nobody else knows, but I know it. And maybe <laughs> that's the hardest thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. And I mean, the only way you can really own it is to go through some of those mistakes. And, right. you know, and so you just try to mitigate it and, you know, shortcut people and show them where like, hey, I made these mistakes. You don't have to, but yeah. we all make mistakes. So yeah, that's good. 
Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Well, I'm curious if if you don't mind just sharing a little bit more about the transition and kind of the the plan there, because I feel like not that many people actually pull it off. So it's super cool that you guys are are working on that and and doing that. So it's probably been a ten year conversation. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, I set the the date. I just turned sixty five, so August here has been a, been a big month. You know, I'm like officially at that age, whatever that means. And uh, just a number, right? <laughs> it, it, it's a number, but the government makes you sign up for Medicare. <laughs> I got this new card to hang around and I'm getting a call and an email like twice a day from them about things. So <laughs> thankfully I don't need it and hopefully I won't for quite a while. And yeah. less with good health. We right up front when you know we talked about it, Glenda, my wife and I said if the business is going to continue, we would welcome you guys to take over, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, life is too short to, to just do something because mom and dad want you to. And, you know, so that, that's been a conversation and probably even now yet, it depends which day you ask them and no, I don't want this. But, you know, they know that I'm not just totally disappearing. I did. I do. Take time off uh, that we're away. So, you know, vacation last week, we're home for two weeks. And then Glenda and I are going to Arizona for a week, just the two of us. And, and you know, the business will be just fine. A year ago, I got COVID really bad. I was out for six weeks. And oh, wow. just, you know, that wasn't, hey, three weeks from now, you know, Dennis is going to be gone. That was like, I woke up one morning and I was out. The team handled it very good. And when I came back, I thanked them for the the work that they did. And the message that I heard from my sons was, Dad, you're nuts. You work way too hard and too many hours for, you know, I don't want, that's not what I want out of life. And I said, I get it. That's fine. It's it's what I've known and, and it's worked. And, you know, if you're going to make this your own, that let's figure out some systems to, to make some changes. So we we have done that. Uh, we've now hired a production supervisor, which is a role that I had been wearing uh, or a hat, you know, and, and a role that I was doing. And that that's new within about the last three and a half months. And it, it's made a big difference already. To we, like everybody else, I think in our industry right now, have more work than we know what to do with. Learning to set some boundaries there and, you know, and that's, 
it's kind of tough for us because we have salespeople of our own commission. Mm. And for us to say, you got to slow things down, you know, just because you sell, we call it a project development agreement, and these people are anxious for design, we're not going to get to it for two months. And, you know, the, the salesmen don't like to hear that, but, you know, the, they're not under the pressure that the designers are to, to stay on top of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly, yeah, it's, it's a weird balance, right? Like either yeah. if you're on the other end of the spectrum, you're always looking for more. And then when you have too much, it's different problems, you know, yeah. so, but that's cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing about the transition. And I think it's really helpful for people to hear that it's been a 10-year discussion, you know, and, and there's lots of little details to be worked out. And sounds like you guys are, yeah, almost at the finish line, but it'll be probably a rolling finish line where you are still advising. That's cool. Well, I guess in kind of reflecting back on the journey as a whole, what do you think was the toughest part of all of it up to this point? People. Mm. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've heard somebody say business would be great. It's the challenges with uh, employees and with customers. But without <laughs> even those, you don't have a business. So Yeah. Yeah. It uh, sure would be a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, uh, I have to face the reality that there's some other people that, you know, they think, Dennis is the hard one to deal with. And it's just God has made us all different. And, you know, understanding that and and respecting that and and working with that to make us all better. And my personality is I want to please everybody. And it it, it just can't always work that way. And so some of those hard, difficult conversations I have learned over the years, once I know that I got to have that conversation, Let's get it over with this deciding to sleep on it for three, four days. It just means I don't sleep, you know, yep. so then <laughs> get it behind and, 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 and move on. And, and yet in doing that, while it's uncomfortable, have it in a way that that's respectful to the other. And, uh, you know, it's not all negative. And, 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 you know, I'm thinking primarily about a firing situation. Not all those conversations are that way. Sometimes it's, you know, you, you got to pick up the pace. You've you got to do things a little bit differently. The way you're doing it is different than everybody else. And it's kind of messing up. So find ways to, to explain that to, to them so that they understand and that we can all work together. And, and it's much more fun for everyone. Yeah, it's a good answer. The people part is really tough. How about on the flip side? What do you think has been the most rewarding part of the journey? You know, it's probably the same answer. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of, I had a sixth sense that you were going to say that. We are blessed with, I got one guy 27 years with us. Amazing. Two at 25 years, another three that are 20, 22 years. Wow. To see the way they've grown, you know, and truly we wouldn't, our business wouldn't be where it's at without them. You know, so it, it is a team effort. Some of the, my sons, you know, one of them has been 20 years now and, you know, seeing him from a little guy and, and, you know, not just in business, but, you know, he's a dad and has two girls and to see how he is living and working out that role, there's certainly a great sense of pride that goes with that. Clients who have become very dear friends, some of them we've done one project, but we just connected. Other people were there time after time. And, you know, you get invited to a Christmas party, 
we've picked up on birthdays or anniversaries and you get texts or cards and the, those the relationships are, are really where it's at. And, you know, I, I know for sure that's why I gravitated toward the residential side of things. I, I it, before we started our business, I did do a fair amount of commercial construction and the work I enjoyed, but you didn't have the people interactions. You know, we're working inside people's home and you get to know them out beyond the construction project. You know, we're there for three, four or five months sometimes and you're going to be there for birthdays and bar mitzvahs and graduations and sometimes funerals and, you know, but it, it's all part of life and you get to live that with them and create some great memories. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. All right. I know you got like a crazy client story or a wacky project or just something, something interesting. There's always a few gems, like anything coming to mind that you can share, obviously leave out personal details and that sort of thing. So we have a kitchen right now, and I don't know that we've ever worked for a pickier client. And this uh, lady reads all the manuals and the cooktop instructions say that after you make the cutout in the countertop that you have to line it with a foil tape and it gives a manufacturer's name and the item number. And I said, we used to like put varnish or urethane on particle board, you know, when we were doing laminate countertops, but this is an engineered quartz countertop, but She's afraid it will avoid the warranty from the manufacturer if we don't do it. So that that one, this one has been a, a strain. Uh, I haven't been directly involved with it. That, that's one of the neat things too. As we've grown, uh, projects get sold and designed and produced, and uh, many times I, I'm not involved. Uh, you know, I I do try to stop by at least once or twice and and, and make a visit. We were just talking recently about pets and I remember a call one evening and they couldn't find their cat they could hear it and here it had crawled into the ductwork and we put the register cover on it oh, no. so you know it was an easy solution but you have that kind of stuff that's a good one yeah fortunately we haven't had any crazy serious injuries we've had some cuts that have been been serious and falls off uh, of roofs and you know there's one guy that I, I'm sure he fell off at least nine times and you know so he got the nickname wow. of a cat and he'd jump up every time and brush himself off and you know just very wow. fortunate yeah 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 I tell people that's in a sense one of my fears I I sincerely want everybody to be safe and you know we I take that responsibility seriously even though I can't be there but making sure we have equipment that is safe, that they have proper training. And, you know, when something like that happens, everybody knows that as soon as the emergency is under control, they're to let me know. Mm -hmm. And and if a phone call needs to be made, I want to be the one to make it to the spouse, to, you know, whoever it might be. That's not a fun call to, to make, but I want them to know that I sincerely care about them and about their family. And, you know, we got one guy right now or about almost a month ago, a really hot day, and he was just two rungs up on, on a ladder and apparently had a heat stroke. 
and, wow. and fell down and, and hit his head. And, you know, so he's feeling good, but workers' comp hasn't released him to come back to work yet. He's got another test happening on Friday, and we're all hoping that they say, all right, Josh, you're good to come back. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I touch base with him a couple of times a week. We had a weird scenario on last week when I was going on that Monday, we we're supposed to have a new guy start to, as a, a kind of a laborer uh, slash carpenter and uh, he didn't show up. And so Olson, our production supervisor, followed up and learned that he was in the hospital and had been in an accident. And so I was able to connect with him yesterday, but He's got a broken jaw and it's wired shut. And there was some head injury. Thankfully, you know, everything is fine with the brain. And so he's going to start next Tuesday. He's released for work, but won't be able to talk to us. Uh, So it'll be different, but he's obviously got bills to pay and we have work that can be done. So, Mm. you know, we we connect with them. As a Christian, I, I pray about things and I don't on a daily basis pray for every employee, but, you know, at least once a week and you know when these kinds of things well then yeah they're moved to the top of my prayer list as a priority and for sure it's not a requirement to be a christian to work with us but that we are very open and let people know that's who we are as people and that's how we operate our business and you know we ask them to be respectful and, and that that has worked out well for us well, and I feel like that whatever, you know, you your company DNA is like you yeah. want to be vocal about that and share it and because that will attract more more of that. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Well, Dennis, I got a, I got a couple questions to wrap us up. Thanks for sharing those those little stories and, and gems in there. I know you're going to be retiring at the end of next year, but I'm curious just like what the general direction is of the company over the next like three to five years do you have a sense of that or is that kind of like well i'm i don't know you know it's up to them now so we traditionally have been a company that self-performed with in-house employees and that's still the way the majority of our work is done but this year our volume is up by almost 30 percent and by and large that's because we're using more subcontractors as the Hopefully, the the demand for remodeling services continues so that we'll need that. But even that aside, being able to hire skilled tradespeople is becoming harder and harder. And, you know, so I I see probably using more subcontractors, which we're learning is almost as hard as herding cats. (laughs) Uh, You know, we... One of the things with in-house labor, we've always been able to promise people when we start your project, someone will be there each workday until we're finished. You know, so that I see that as a direction and it's enabled us to, to grow, you know, so profit wise, we're we're doing great. And, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And so it's going to be a really nice profit sharing year for, for everybody who's part of the team. We we're focusing more and more on design build projects. And I mean, that's kind of how we had been. But just today, one of our salespeople shot an email around and had a screenshot of the one of the pages on our website that, that says about emergency repairs and, you know, we'll come out time and material. And we haven't done that. And who knows how long? I didn't know it was there anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, get that off of there. Yeah. It's been you know, hiding there for a decade. <laughs> and it probably has. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, I think honing that and to a certain extent being a little bit more picky. We, last fall, we made a, a big move right around Thanksgiving time 
in that we now do not go out to meet with people unless we're getting paid. So it's a minimum of $250. And it was a little scary at, at first, but it, it enabled us to, to get all those leads under control. And the people who are willing to pay us are more serious. So our closing ratio on those first call appointments that we go out on it is much greater. Yeah. And, and that's that great. has worked well. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, those sound like definitely some positive changes in there, you know, especially the subs one is coming along with other challenges behind it, but it does enable you for some of that future growth. Last question for you, just if you had to leave other remodelers listening to this with kind of final words of wisdom, parting advice or anything like that, what do you want to leave people with? Get involved with some kind of a group, whether it's NARI, I'm part of that. I'm actually chairman of the national board right now. If there's a local chapter, do that. NHB has uh, the Remodelers Council, Remodelers 20 groups. There's uh, Victoria Downing and Remodelers Advantage, uh, Kyle Hunt with his VIP groups. There, there's a lot of those resources, many of them on Facebook for free. And Spencer, I know you're on there. Good resources that, that you can learn for. You don't have to be a lone horse. You don't have to totally reinvent the wheel. That's one of the great things that as I've gotten involved beyond our local area with Nari and the friends that I've made across the country, I can shoot an email. I got a lot of phone numbers, you know, a text or a phone call and bounce an idea off somebody who isn't going to be a competitor. But I've made some great friends within our local NARI chapter that are competitors, but they're wonderful friends. And, you know, I, I greatly appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome advice. Yeah. Dennis, I, I really appreciate you carving out the time and sharing your story with us today. You're welcome. Thanks, Spencer. I enjoy it. It's good to reminisce. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Dennis. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.